Welcome to Ira's Everything Bagel, where I talk with intriguing people about everything, their passions, pursuits, and points of view. Do you ever get the feeling that life is more complicated than it has to be, that maybe all you need to do is wash your hands with soap and water and everything else takes care of itself? Well, my guest today has a passion for soap and simplicity. She's green blogger Lisa Bronner. She's the granddaughter of Emmanuel Bronner, the founder of Dr. Bronner's, the family-owned maker of the top-selling natural brand of soaps and body care products in North America. Lisa is author of the new book, Soap and Soul, a practical guide to minding your home, your body, and your spirit with Dr. Bronner's Magic Soaps. The book is published by Countryman Press. It's an imprint of W.W. Norton and Company. It's available for pre-order now on Amazon and Barnes & Noble, and the official release date is October the 10th. For more information about the book, go to soapandsoulbook.com, and for everything about Lisa, go to lisabronner.com, and you can follow her on Facebook and YouTube. And Lisa, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Ira. I'm glad to be here. Well, full disclosure, I was aware of Dr. Bronner's magic soap longer than you've been alive. So just want to get out that for the record. (laughs) I I love it. I love hearing people's Dr. Bronner stories. Yes. My memory of it is that there was always some magical element. I know it's magic soap. We can talk about that. But uh, it was just the fact that there was always this magical quality about it. And I I kind of went off and on with it over the years. Currently, I'm on with it again, especially the, the, the hand soap, the bar soap, which I like, as opposed to the liquid for travel purposes. So without getting mired in all of that stuff, do you have any, spe- and we're going to talk about the book, but do you have any special memories of your grandfather? Oh, absolutely. My grandfather was, was rather hard to forget. He was my only living grandparent. So on the grandparent front, uh, he was all I knew, and and that was my experience. And when I got older and I heard about other people's grandparent experiences, um, they, they weren't quite the same as mine. What you see of my grandfather on the label, uh, all of the all of the densely packed words, that was how he spoke every day, even with his very young grandchildren. And so going to visit him would be sitting with him in, in his living room and, and hearing him talk about whatever was on his mind that day. Um, and it was all around the moral ABC. There would be a particular point he was mulling. And um, I don't know if many people know he was blind for all of my life. I didn't know uh, that. He went oh. blind in the right around 1970, really. So I, the only time I knew him, he was blind and never learned Braille or typing. So his only communication uh, way to record his thoughts was was by speaking them to somebody else or by recording himself on a on a tape recorder if we can go back that far of course so that those were my remembrances of him um and he passed away when i was 19 so i i wasn't i wasn't an adult in my interaction with him and a lot of what he said went over my head Uh, (laughs) well you're right in your book about the fact that you were not connected directly with the brand and the family that way until much later in life after you met your husband and you got into the business. I was fascinated by that. I didn't realize that was the case. And again, the book is called Soap and Soul, A Practical Guide to Minding Your Home, Your Body, and Your Spirit with Dr. Bronner's Magic Soaps. And it's also somewhat of a, not a memoir, but it certainly gives you an insight into you and the family as well. So it's not just a practical guide, which is why I wanted to have you on. It serves two purposes, actually. And then your husband is involved, obviously, in the company as well. Do you think the next generation, because this is five generations, do you think the next generation is going to be involved as well? 
we are certainly having those conversations right now. They are still rather young. Mm-hmm. Um, as, as I discuss in the book, my generation came into stewardship of the company very early uh, because my dad, Jim, passed away quite young. He was 59. And my mm. brother, David, the oldest of, of me and my siblings, uh, he was only 24 when he took over leadership of the company. And so our next generation is just coming into adulthood now, and we would like to give them the same choice that each of us had. As you mentioned, I discuss in the book how we all had our own circuitous journey um, Mm -hmm. to currently working for the company. None of us were on a trajectory. We all had gone off to do other things. Even David was a social worker in Boston before before coming. And so we'd like to give our children the same opportunity. So they're they're in that now, the the oldest of, of the next generations in their twenties and um and we'll see. But I, I can't promise one way or the other. But we still have many, many years of our generation not nearing the end yet. So No, it doesn't look uh, like you're on your last legs, correct. So I just thought of a tacky joke which was when you mentioned that your grandfather became blind, I was gonna ask was it because he got soap in his eyes? But that was, a, I know that was terrible, but I just thought of it. So. No, no worries about that. Yeah, no, that wasn't it. That's, I mean, we can go down the road of the theories there, but um, we don't entirely know why he went blind. We have, we have ideas, um, and he had theories about it. But You started a blog quite a few years ago, and then we're going to get into the book, but you really put an emphasis on going green. And that's always a loaded term, but your products are right aligned with that whole concept of green before green was green. In other words, you were green before green was green in an essence, or seems to be. So you started to write this book about how to use the various Dr. Bronner products in elements or areas of the house. So the bath and bedroom, the cleaning cabinet, the laundry room, the kitchen, the office, the backyard, the family room. So you have all these broken down. And I like the concept of the structure of the book. So you go room by room. You don't just start off with, well, here's this product and you can use it here and here and here. And here's another product and you can use it here and here and here. It's really geographically targeted. Yeah. I struggled with how to organize it, uh, the book, especially because the same product does end up coming up in in every room, um, the the pure Castile soap and the Salsuds biodegradable cleaner, and and so I struggled with: do I start with the products or do I start with something else? And ultimately, I decided to go with my day and and my life. I just figured I would take it down to you know my own story, my own journey, and my moving through my own house, and hope that aligns with how other people move through their days and their spaces. Yeah, personalizes it in a sense so people can relate to it. Well, that's what I was going for. I mean, even I have read many, many green cleaning books. I've used them. I've learned from them. And in a sense, one of the reasons why I didn't write this book earlier was because I didn't know how to make it different, not just a recipe book for house cleaning and body care. So it took me a long time to figure that out and also to be willing to go down the road, which I ended up going down, which was being pretty open, I feel, about my own story and the fact that it's got its messes and its waywardness and sometimes and learnings. And so, uh, you know, it took me a while to be willingness to be, to be willing to be so open about all that. You make but a- I figured that's what kind of what sets, I hope that's what sets the book apart uh, and 
helps people read through it, not just get bogged down in house cleaning recipes. You make the point that if you were to step into your house, it's not necessarily going to be clean because things get dirty quickly. So you, let's say you clean the house, and then I come over 10 minutes later, there may be a dust bunny somewhere there. You're not going to worry about it because that's just the way it is. So you make the point that your house is lived in, not just sparkling clean, which I think is important for people to understand living a daily life and existence that you can't constantly be trying to be perfect. You have to kind of do what you can and then everything else flows from that. Right, exactly. Because I mean, what is our main goal? My main goal is not to have a clean house. Uh, my goal is for my house to support the life I want to live, which is mostly about the relationships I have, the people in it, you know, the dreams and ambitions that I have. And so I want to, you know, manage my spaces in a way that's conducive and, and contributing to all of that, but isn't an mm -hmm. end in itself. At the moment, I have five animals in my house. I usually only have four, but I have my brother's dog at the moment. And uh, my kids are older, so they're not as much of mess makers, but we still do a pretty good job of, of creating the messes. And um, from what I've seen, I think that's the norm. Uh, and I hope uh, people understand that, you know, I'm right in there. I don't have it all figured out, but we're just, we're just taking it as it comes. Yeah, it's not like the 1950s where you, know, you had that sparkling clean house and the housewife was standing there with the duster and the vacuum cleaner and yeah. working 24-7. Yeah, exactly. The dress and the heels and all <laughs> There's something yeah, you said in the book, I'll quote it. It's, it was in that moment that I learned to relinquish the ideal in exchange for the possible, to focus on what I could do instead of what I couldn't. Value progress, not perfection. End quote. And I think that makes a lot of sense. And again, it's a, it's part of what your philosophy is in terms of simplicity, which I alluded to in the beginning. You do what you can, you keep things simple, because if you start making things more complicated than they have to be, the stress comes in, the, you're not living a life, you're just constantly putting out fires and cleaning up dust bunnies, as I mentioned earlier. So. Absolutely. I mean, I was absolutely paralyzed for a time because I was so frustrated with what I perceived I should be doing and that I wasn't able to do because, you know, I had kids, I had other things going on, but then I wasn't doing anything and things were getting even worse. And so it was finally being willing to step into the process, realizing that I was not likely to get to this, this, uh, this end, this perfection because life goes on. And I had to be comfortable with that, but it took me a while. And every so once in a while, I still find myself, you know, falling into the frustration of, I want to do that and I can't, instead of just focusing on what I can do and what the next step is that I, that I can take. Yeah, I want to quote again from your book. You say, I don't want you to notice clean, I want, if you're going to your house. I don't want you to notice clean, I want you to notice that life is ready to happen here. That is the whole purpose of cleaning. It's not an end in itself. And to be honest, if it's been more than an hour since a vacuuming, as I mentioned earlier, there's probably a clump of cat hair visible. This isn't a fuzzy house. It looks like people live here with all our quirks and druthers, end quote. So I, I, I think that's very realistic in addition to being a way to simplify your life. And you approach in the book that way throughout the chapters in terms of cleaning. And circling back to Dr. Bronner and the initial soap, and I mentioned my bar soap, but there's also obviously the Castile soap. And the question I never asked for decades, but I'll, I'll ask since I've got the expert on, is what is Castile soap? <laughs> I don't know what it is. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. So Castile soap originated in the Castilian region of Spain. It's one of the vegetable-based soaps um, that was made. Soap, I love soap because it's such a long history. It's one of the earliest chemical reactions that man learned how to make because in its essence, it's a reaction between fat uh, and and an alkali. And two sources of fat and alkali are, are cooking fats. So think tallow or, mm-hmm. or you know, lanolin from, from sheep. And an alkali is ash from fire. That's, you know, sometimes we even call it potash. And um, that's potassium hydroxide. Now, it would make a, a rather murky soap to to take fireplace ash and and uh fat from your cooking but it can be done so for years that for for millennia that was the soap that people knew how to make and and found that it cleaned things olive oil based or vegetable oil based soaps didn't come into in until later aleppo actually saw an earlier industry of vegetable based soaps uh but then it the knowledge traveled to spain and the Castilian region, which is uh, full of, of olive uh, trees, they started making an olive oil-based soap that they now call Castile soap. Now, nowadays, Castile soap, you'll find that word bandied about. It's not uh, its not a protected word. It's not a regulated word. So what I tell you it means may not be what it means in every situation, mm-hmm. but it should be a vegetable-based soap that incorporates olive oil. It might also have other vegetable oils. It should not have detergents in it, in my opinion. And it can be made either in a bar or a liquid. Both the bar and liquid that you've mentioned are Castile soaps. They have the same oil blend, which is olive, coconut, palm, uh, or palm kernel, hemp, and jojoba. So the difference between the bar and the liquid is the hydro, is the hydroxide that saponifies them. The bar soap is saponified with sodium hydroxide and the liquid soap is saponified with potassium hydroxide. And so that's the short and sweet on how uh, on the history of Castile soap and how it's evolved over the years. When your business expanded, the company expanded, because you talk in the book again about how you're, you're expanding markets, you have a factory that's in Vista, California. Do you have to, when you increase production, do you have to keep buying more land or have additional factories, or, or is it all handled within that same complex? Uh, it's all handled within that complex, and and we still have capacity left within it. I will say that, that my husband, who is chief of operations, mm-hmm. very much keeps his eye looking down the road because this stuff takes time and you have to anticipate your growth. So just at the beginning of this year, I had the fun of seeing them remove the roof in Vista and crane in a 7,000-gallon soap reactor. Our current reactor is 3,000 gallons, so that's going to increase our capacity a good bit. It'll the the new reactor is still being uh, installed; it's not in use yet, but that uh, will definitely increase what we're able to do. So so far, we are able to keep everything in the one site in Vista, in northern San Diego County. So down the road, who knows? Maybe there will be a need to uh, have multiple multiple sites. Do you give public tours of the factory? We don't give public tours of the factory. It's a very popular question. Um, And honestly, I wish we could because it is a fascinating place and very inspiring to walk through, to smell all the essential oils, to see the processes. 
But even when we moved into this larger site in 2013, uh, we thought we could, we would have the space to do public tours, but uh, we quickly filled it and it's just not, it's honestly not safe. Even I walking through the factory floor have to dodge forklifts. Because we don't have those, I do have two videos that I did for the many people who ask. There's a, a liquid soap production tour and a bar soap production tour. So hopefully that'll tide people over until we uh, have some way to bring them in. Yeah, I wish I could share it. Great idea. Getting back to the book, and again, it's a long title. I don't know if it's your title or somebody suggested the title, but it's it's long. It's Soap and Soul, A Practical Guide to Mining Your Home, Your Body, and Your Spirit with Dr. Bronner's Magic Soaps. What was your main focus on writing the book? What 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 was the message that you wanted to get out to people? Again, because I mentioned earlier, it's a mix of a little bit of a memoir, but also very practical advice. So I'll shut up now and let you tell us what your main focus of the book was. I wanted to give people a comprehensive view, a holistic view of of care, of self-care, house care, body care, and and to see how it all fits together, that it's not just about going out and making a a, a all-purpose cleaning spray, that there really is a principle behind this about dialing things back, about simplifying your routines, simplifying the products you use, simplifying the chemicals you bring into your life. Uh, even simplifying the inputs you have into your mental and emotional state. I think they're all tied together, which is what I was trying to get at with the title Soap and Soul, that there is this in, this, this interweaving between our internal and our external. And sometimes when our internal is really bogged down, we see manifestations of it externally. Sometimes our external environment, if it's really hectic, can can weigh down on our spirit as well. So when we care for one, we're caring for the other. And uh, it's something my grandfather talked about a good bit too, That which is why you find philosophy on a bottle of soap, that it's all tied together. Densely worded on that bottle. I know. I know. As I get older, I, I, I keep thinking, you know, no wonder he was blind. That's, I don't think why he went blind. But yeah. no, I know. I use magnifying glasses these days just to read, even with my glasses on. So it's just, yeah, the print gets smaller and smaller and hazier and hazier. So it's kind of odd. Are you surprised at the appeal and popularity of the variety of soap products that the company produces? Or you just accept it? (laughs) Well, no. I I mean, it it is a bit of a surprise in the sense of it's soap. It's a very simple soap that has uh, the technology has been around, as I said, for millennia. I guess, uh, you know, what's special about it is that we haven't tried to new and improve anything um, that we've held to the ideal, to the uh, principles that my grandfather started with. He was so far ahead of his time. I mean, he started making the soap in uh, in the United States in 1948, but his family had been making soap in Germany since 1858. So we're celebrating our 75th anniversary as Dr. Bronner's, the company. When he started in the in the 40s and the 50s, like nobody got him. He was talking return to nature. He was talking, you know, no, no synthetics, uh, essential oils. So in the 40s, when he began, the push in the culture was better limit living through chemistry. That was a Dow tagline. Uh, DuPont, Monsanto, they're all all coming into their own during this time. And the idea was that 
nature and mother nature was untrustworthy, unreliable, and that synthesizing things in labs was more um, the way of the future. And so my grandfather's message of return to nature and stick close to your plant sources, it didn't have any resonance in the 40s and 50s. Now, when the 60s hit and the tide started to change and there was a, um, you know, return to nature, then they discovered my grandfather and realized that, wait, he's been saying this all along. Mm -hmm. Um, His message of peace that he has on the bottle as well also really resonated with the 60s. So bringing that into into our modern time finally this is becoming mainstream my brother david starting in 1998 he certified he began certifying our uh ingredients organic before there was an organic standard for body care he was certifying under the food standard and the usda did not like this they actually (laughs) sued um and my 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 brother turned around and countersued and won that there was no reason why he couldn't take food certified, uh, food grid certified coconut oil and put it in soap. Now there is a standard for body care, uh, specifically for body care and house care for organic, uh, but he was on the beginning of that. And I think this idea or this history of Dr. Brunner's always being willing to go ahead of the trend and go ahead of the curve, be the guinea pig, the trailblazer. We fought a lot of battles, uh, hemp, uh, legalization was was another massive one that we're on the other side of. So, um, and people are also realizing that the chemicals that we bring into our everyday lives through our body care and our house care do matter. And so, there's been a big shift towards natural products, which has helped Dr. Bronner's sales. In your book, you talk about, as well as a, it being a book about simplicity. You do get into a couple of chemical and technical terms, which my eyes started to glaze over with. I tried to stay with it, but it was tough. But it's really a good education in terms of what 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 things are going into the, your body and, and to be aware of and these terms. So that part actually is good that it's there. And eventually when I have enough coffee, I'll, I'll get through that section where it's just a little too technical for my pea brain. But uh, My mom said the same thing when she read it. She's like, I kind of skipped that part. Like, I, I get it. It's there if you want to read it, but that's why I put the heading. So if you want to skip to the next one. Yeah, thing. exactly. You, you took into account those of us who just, yeah, we want to just go to the other good stuff. So if you were pushed to name one, the most important thing in the book that you want to communicate, what would that be? And it could be a product or it could be an approach or it could be a philosophy. That's up to you. So what would be that one thing you'd want to get across to people? And of course, they can go to your blog too. It's lisabronner.com, going green and just being able to follow you. You've had the, how long have you had the blog? It's at least what, 15 years or more? Yes, 15 years this year. Yeah, yes. there you go. So uh, what would be the one, the most important takeaway from a book? That's a good term. The, the most important takeaway from the book. The, the simplifying message is key. And I know that word is used a lot, but I do think that simplifying and taking a step back from, from our routines and our products is where it's at. Um, body care does not begin with the products we put on ourselves. Body care begins with our lifestyle, with our, with the food that we eat, with the, the water we drink and the sleep and the exercise and the relaxation. That's where body care begins. Home care is the same way. Home care does not begin with the product we use to clean our counters. Home care begins with, with a, a lifestyle and what you're bringing into the house. So take a step back, dial it back, simplify. The answer isn't 
isn't really found in the next product or making sure you buy the right thing. It's, it's a, it's a more holistic approach. Do you use the products of Dr. Bronner too? You mentioned the animals in the house. Do you use them, the products to clean the animals? Oh, yes. We're all cleaned with Dr. Bronner's head to toe. Um, yes. The dogs get, get their bath, too. Um, peppermint, lavender is great on them. Now, for the cats, I have three of those. The cats, uh, I only use the unscented. And I do not bathe cats very often. They don't like it. Neither do I. So, But um, cat systems are more impacted by essential oils. And so I use the uh, unscented on them when I need to. Right. I'm in favor of unscented. So. I saved the best question for last, the most important question for last, and that is, where did that designation magic soap come from? The first use of the term magic soap was in a Vogue article in 1973, and I think my grandfather was rather charmed by it. Um, <laughs> And I, I think they called it magic soap because my grandfather was, was a bit of an eccentric sort and he, you know, espoused this philosophy on a soap label. But, uh, we've, we've stuck with it partially because it's, uh, well, it's fun and it's mm -hmm. our legacy, but also because there is a certain magic in the simplicity and there's a magic in the, um, you know, closeness, how closely we're, we're allied to nature and, you know, there's nothing hidden. There's nothing, secretive. It's just the magic of everything working together. So I think you would get a different answer if you asked my brothers or, or others of us, but, but that's where I embrace the magic. Well, that's a great way to leave it. My guest has been Lisa Bronner. She's author of the new book, Soap and Soul, A Practical Guide to Minding Your Home, Your Body, and Your Spirit with Dr. Bronner's Magic Soaps. The book is published by Countryman Press. It's an imprint of W.W. Norton & Company. And it's available for pre-order now on Amazon and Barnes & Noble with the official release date of October the 10th. For more information about the book, go to SoapAndSoul.com. And for everything about Lisa, go to LisaBronner.com. And you can follow her on Facebook and YouTube. And Lisa, thanks for being on the show. Thanks so much for having me, Ira. I've enjoyed it. Appreciate it. And join us every Thursday for a new schmear on Ira's Everything Bagel.